Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus Investor Astrology Podcast. This episode is the Aquarius New Moon, which is happening on the 21st of January and it's at 2053. So that's uh, 8 o'clock, 8.53 in the evening at Greenwich Mean Time, GMT, UK time. Um, so this this Aquarius new moon isn't just a new moon. I mean, it is at the beginning of the year and it feels like a really good time to start projects fresh because Aquarius is about our future. But I really feel where it's happening and what's going on is so much bigger than just this Aquarian, Aquarius new moon. I mean, Aquarius, it represents our future selves. Um and where we are heading, the future tech, the idea of moving into much more um, technically processed and advanced lives. And also it's the future human or the humanoid, um, the AI human, the cyborg. It's also the future of humanity and it represents humanity at its best and at its worst and all of us together. It represents society and also how we might get our freak on within, you know, we're part of society and we're part of all the same and kind of all humans, but it allows us also to be quite freaky. And as a Leo, I often look at Aquarius and go, because Leo is opposite Aquarius and go, what the hell are they doing? What are they thinking? And, and I don't think I'm alone in that because Aquarius can be really quirky we're allowed to be quirky with Aquarius and a little bit different. And Aquarius really, you know, it's, it, they're slightly, they ha, well, it has, the sign has, and elements of the sign has a slightly unearthed feel to it. And this is because, you know, with humanity and Aquarius, Aquarius represents the angelic realm or the future human as the future human then becomes the lowest level of uh, angelic being. So when we move into the age of Aquarius or beyond, the we are what are we evolving towards? We are evolving towards being the lower, the lowest level. Sounds bad, the lowest level, or or the next level to come up into angelic being, where we won't even have bodies. I mean, I can't wait for those wings, and I will explain a little bit more about how we move through, or who you know, how do we get to become angelic beings. So more on that later. But the new this new moon is at one degree Aquarius, right at the beginning of Aquarius. So it does have a really fresh feeling for it. And one degree is only one step on from the zero degree, obviously. And but this zero degree Aquarius has been really important of late and will be going forward. So on the 21st of December 2020, we had the Great Conjunction, which happened at zero degree Aquarius. The Great Conjunction happens every 20 years, and it's the conjunction where Jupiter, moving much faster than Saturn, goes round the zodiac and catches back up with Saturn, and they have a conjunction. And the ancients couldn't see beyond um, Saturn and Jupiter because they didn't have telescopes. So they would see these two planets getting closer and closer until they conjuncted every 20 years. And it would set off the themes for the next 20 years for them. And they would classify these in 20 year periods, rather like we classify things in decades. Um, 
so the the last great conjunction happened on the solstice on the December the 21st of 2020 and it happened at zero degrees Aquarius um so not only was this zero degree Aquarius and obviously that's like anything happens at at the zero degrees is needs the fresh impetus of wanting to learn so much about what's going on in that sign it's super fresh it's almost acts like a vacuum um sucking in all the information for that sign that it has to um embody and learn from and experience much like the 29 degree we call it the anoretic degree brings about a chaos. It's like, this is your last opportunity. And if you haven't got it, you really are going to slam into a wall and have something chaotic happen so that you learn it because it's your last chance. So likewise, and you pop over the border into the zero degree, it's like, give me some of that. <laughs> so this zero degree Aquarius, it's like this fresh Aquarian age coming into being and so they were happening every 20 years but this cycle of the great solstice is part of a greater 800 year cycle which has years of 200 divisions so there'll be 200 years of each element to complete an 800 year cycle now we've just been through now so the age of the Aquarius when we had this naught degree great conjunction this is the beginning of the next 200 year cycle not only that the beginning of the next 800 year cycle so we were right at the beginning of a new cycle on that 21st of December 2020 and not only that we're at the beginning of the air sign cycle at naught degree Aquarius this then also, you know, so that brings in all these air sign Aquarian themes of our future. And of course, things are happening so much now that we are being catapulted through into a different age, a new age. Um, I can't use the term new age because it means something completely different, but this will be bringing us through to the Aquarian age for sure. So what happened before was 200 years of earth signs. So that I would say earth signs predominantly earth signs so the great conjunction would predominantly happen in earth signs for the previous 200 years so what did we have in the previous 200 years it was the it was a huge influx of of materialism and you know we moved away from spiritual ideas and ethereal kind of um, duality system of, of our soul, um, Luciferian ideas, I guess, where we feel like our soul is going to be lost if we don't do good. And we came more into the material world, realizing or feeling like um, that that the spiritual side of things was not so important and wasn't about to grab us or control our lives. And of course, what started this 200 years of materialism? Of course, it was Charles Darwin. He just had his uh, bicentenary. I think, did he die or did he do it on 1809? But 1809 was important. He, so we are now coming through to 200 years of the origin of species um, or over 200 years. And, you know, the idea then that this brought in for mankind that, that life was a very much a physical thing. It was about the physical um, transformation of things. And there was no spiritual transformation and at this point, this might sound 
okay, you know, that's what we we think anyway. But really, this was a big shift at the time away from uh, creationism and the spiritual aspects, the spiritual um, stories that, that we now from the from Christianity and the church and 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 all religions we see them as just symbolic now but that back then they were very much real and it was Charles Darwin and this very uh, idea that we are just a species that is evolving and evolving out of necessity and that the the um you know the winner is going to have his genes evolve and become part of the future more than anyone else who's weaker. So this Charles Darwin, he initiated this process for mankind to move away from a spiritual focus. And that's when we've had this 200 years, um, you know, thinking much, much more thinking that we are material beings, we are physical, we don't have a spirit, we're just physical, or we ha might happen to have a spiritual essence to us, but really we're just physical. And that's what it's been for the 200 years. And of course, this has also brought in the industrial revolutions as well. So we've had this huge influx of industry and, and materialism. And, you know, look at our high streets now. It's, you know, commercialism gone mad. It really has. And I think we're waking up to that now. We are looking at our high streets and our shops and going, you know, look at the way people are inclined to behave, to go shopping on a Saturday, to work all week. And it is all based around the materialism. So that was so that just shows you an idea of how these great conjunctions work, that we've had 200 years of of materialism, of earth signs. And now we're going to have 200 years of air signs. And you think, wow. Now you can see that there's so, so much is possible for us to open our minds like an air sign, open our minds and communicate in different ways, have the most zaniest ideas, have some fresh thinking and really have uh, open our, our minds a huge development and enlightenment for our speeches. Our, oh, sorry, for our speeches, for our species, for humans. So that's the flavor of the next 200 years. And so that's why I feel that this naught degree um, was is and the one degree as well that this new moon is happening on is so important for moving us forward. So as this new moon happens at one degree Aquarius, it's just a continuation of this Aquarian theme. But this naught degree is also still prevalent because in March, First off, we have Saturn moving out of Aquarius and into naught degree Pisces and stations there um, and comes back here to station. So it moves on from the naught degree and then comes back in October, all of October and all of November 2023. Saturn is going to be sitting at naught degree Pisces. So there's a real influx of Piscean themes of sensuality, of emotional ideas. And um, because it's Saturn, it's really getting to grips with that and having to learn and understand and maybe being suppressed with those before we can get through um, and understand and um, what we're supposed to learn. But also in March, Pluto, planet of evolution, planet of death, planet of reincarnation, um, is uh, going to move onto the naught degree Aquarius spot. 
our lovely spot. Nought degree Aquarius. I love it. Um, so but Pluto is going to sit here at nought degree Aquarius and it will not progress beyond that nought degree point. He sits there until June the 10th at nought degree. So that's three months of Pluto sitting also at this spot, um, which I think is quite profound. If any of you have listened to my um, Pluto as uh, America's Pluto Return podcast, it is quite interesting to listen to that because it really shows you how uh, Pluto has activated nations and how it's worked to bring a downfall for a reincarnation or rebirth. That's its themes. You have to evolve or die. But that Pluto, um, America's Pluto Return podcast is very interesting. There's so much historical, interesting um, information in there about, you know, how, you know, um, Rome was the only um, nation or, um, you know, national body, body of countries together. Rome was the only, um, what do we call it? Um, it was not a kingdom. I'm just going to think, what was Rome? Rome was, so this um, America's Pluto return within that, I um, explain about how Rome was the only empire, nation, republic, you know, um, body to really go through um, a Pluto return. And it was its downfall. So Rome as um, an empire was failed and um, was destroyed on a Pluto, the second Pluto return, which is interesting. So it's really interesting to see how Pluto operates. And that's worth listening to. However, Pluto, as I may have mentioned, Pluto demands evolution. It's the whole point of it. It's almost like a compost evolution. It destroys to really to allow something to be reborn. And it is always something so important to you. So it's the nugget that we really need to feel that's really relevant and also very karmic. So Pluto, Pluto says, evolve or die. And of course, when it sits at naught degree humanity, this age of Aquarius idea, um, you know, Aquarius is humanity. And so this is the time for us all, humanity, to evolve or die. This is our next step in our evolution. And, you know, what is our next step in evolution? Eventually, we are to become the next layer of angels of angelic form so that we will become part of the angelic host, which sounds fantastic. So um, really, we have to get there. You know, we're not just going to turn into angels when Pluto hits Aquarius. There's going to be a lot of work going on between now and then. Um, and Steiner says it very succinctly. He says we have to evolve through the seven planetary stages and become the 10th order. And um, this isn't going to happen until during Earth's Vulcan stage, which isn't for a very long time. The Earth's Vulcan stage isn't happening till 5734. So we've got time. But the things we are supposed to be cultivating during this time to become that layer of angelic form is grace, faith, purity, charity, goodwill, forgiveness, and of course, unconditional love. And these are all um, ideas that bring us to Christ consciousness. 
And so we are really going through Christ initiations and learning all these ideas to then become part or process as all of us together to become the angelic possibility in the next um, few thousand years. So if we are to become the 10th layer, as Steiner says, of of angelic form, who who are the others? <laughs> so um, the one next to us are, of course, angels. That's the ninth layer. And this is nine, eight and seven that are closest to us are, um, are one hierarchy together. But the, the closest to us are angels and they are the lowest. And it is they are the ones that often and I have reported, I've never seen this, have incarnated or not incarnated or have shown themselves in physical form in this earth and, and, and in, in this world. It's actually quite hard for them to do that. It's not an easy thing to show their form. But um, I have had friends that have seen angelic forms and um, and speak to the angels. So many people do and I quite envy them and... Um, yeah, so the angels are here very much to help us process and become, I guess, like them. And like I say, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the wings, especially. So there's the nine is angel. Then the next, the eight is the arc. Oh, sorry, I can't speak. The next is archangels. And they each have roles for humanity, specific roles. And we've heard of Archangel Gabriel, Raphael, maybe Archangel Michael and also Uriel. Those are the four main angels. And um, I went to the most beautiful uh, temple in Istanbul where they had the angels. It was a Christian temple originally. It had the four angels in the four winds, the, the directions up, painted really high up on this dome. And it's now a mosque and it's still really beautiful and um, it's worth seeing if you go ever go. You know, it's not the blue mosque. It's the other mosque. I think it's the Reina Sophia, the, um, the other mosque in Istanbul has the angels all painted on the wall. Plus, there's one also that has the 10 hierarchies in Florence. And that also is incredible to see. Yeah, what I'm talking about is the baptistery in Florence, and it is this beautiful golden ceiling with a, a do, with a what do they call it when there's a hole at the top? But anyway, a beautiful golden ceiling with the most amazing art of, and it has seven of the um, the realms of angelic beings, um, but it doesn't have the seraphim or the cherub, cherubim who are the top two. Oh, God, it's really, really beautiful and something to see. And I Google that. So that's the baptistery in Florence. And also in the National Gallery in London, there's a few layers painted by in the the Assumption of the Virgin by Francesco Boccini. Uh, that is also sort of you get an idea of how this angelic realm might work. So, um, yeah, coming back to our layers. So we had nine angel, eight archangels. I feel like I'm, I'm doing the um, what's coming in at number one, people. <laughs> like a DJ uh, on a radio station doing the Sunday night um, uh, hit list. But anyway, so we go to number seven. Um, seven is the principalities or the archi or sometimes called the aeons. And these are spirits of time. And they all work, uh, and, the, and these three all work within this solar, this current solar system. Um, 
And these principles of time, you know, are helping us move through uh, what we consider as a linear time. But obviously, it's it's either circular or um, in another form in terms of in a spiritual sense. But anyway, those three are all within this current form of the solar system. And the next three are in a previous form of this solar of of another solar system uh, before this one. So I can't believe how old they might be. So the number six is uh, sometimes called the powers or the ex- exusai. exusai. Um, these are the powers. They have powers over evil forces. So not to be dismissed. Um, and they were created with the, with the solar system and mankind with the spirits of form. Now, these powers are also called the Elohim. So that's they were very instrumental in creating mankind. So that's number six, excusi or the Elohim. Then number five, the dynam- dynamis. And these are spirits of motion and they are bringing into the idea, the metamorphosis of air, water, vegetation, the way the world works and moving it through almost like a metabolism, I guess, as well as a metamorphosis. So seven, five is dynamis for the Kyriotides or the dominions, these are spirits of wisdom and they carry out all the, the, the initial, sorry, they carry out all the, the work or the, um, the ideas that the first hierarchy have initiated. So they are making sure that this happens. So when we go to the next hierarchy, the next three, that is again in a previous solar system to to the one we've just been talking about before our one. So the next one is uh, we get to number three, which is the thrones. And these are the spirits of will or the orphanium, orphanium, orphanium. And these are the guys that transform ideas into action. So also a bit like the spirits of motion, you know, but, you know, making, but more like the mental ideas and allowing them to actually happen and transform. Then we come to the top two that we are all familiar with. We've got number two is cherubim. They're spirits of harmony. And they, um, you know, we we see the cherubim and seraphim, we see them painted on all these wonderful art and paintings, etc. They are the top. Um, and you often little bambinos with tiny little wings at their ankles um, and on their shoulder blades. They're looking cute. Anyway, the cherubim, spirits of harmony, and they are to ponder the ideas of the seraphim. And the seraphim are the spirits of love. And they receive in turn because it's their ideas. They receive the ideas of the trinity. The, uh, the trinity of spirit and so they are giving them to the cherubim to think about <laughs> so these are sp- all spirits of love harmony and action all in action and so that's that's the um, nine layers that we are now to form the tenth order of so in terms of humanity's process we are currently the fifth root race of the fifth in the fifth cultural epoch and and that means, you know, that we are in this current, it's called Aryan, even though it's got sort of negative connotations now, we are in the Aryan Earth um, manifestation. So prior to that, we had Atlantis. And prior to that, we had Lemuria. And before that, Hyperborean Polarian. So we are in, this is the fifth 
uh, sorry, the fifth route race. So Polarian, you know, we we were um, very much, you know, the, the idea of the spiritual beings. We go to Hyperborean. They were called the boneless ones. If you like your Vikings, the bone, high, you know, Ivor the boneless. This is the Hyperborean, the boneless ones, where we were not physically formed properly. We didn't have bones. And then we moved through to the Lemuria. And Lemuria, halfway through Lemuria is when the fall out of Adam and Eve happened. And Lemuria, again, is also when we divided into male and female. Um, and Lemuria was destroyed by fire. Just like the next Earth ep root race was Atlanti Atlantis, and that was destroyed by the deluge. Um, and in Atlantis, we were developing our um, more of our ego, our solar plexus and um, um, yeah, our, our expression of that. So now we come into the fifth Aryan. This is us now developing our heart and throat chakras. And we are in the fifth cultural epoch going from the first was the Indo-Chinese, the second Persian, the third Egyptian, the fourth Greco-Roman, which is the densest. It's like we're moving into density as we come through those um, those cultural eras. We go closer and closer to density and matter until we become to uh, Golgotha and Christ on the cross when we he releases the Christ consciousness into earth. And from that moment inward, the Christ consciousness is moving through the earth and we are releasing ourselves back to spirit. Um, and with the help of so many things, we are now in the Anglo-Germanic era, which is um, level with, on the way back out of density, level with the Egyptians. Now, the Egyptians um, needed uh, to stay in their bodies. They weren't, you know, the, the, the human soul had to be um, tempted to stay on earth and not go back to spirit. So that, that's why the Egyptians were mummifying their bodies. And so we are on a level with them on the way back out so that now we are releasing ourselves from our um, physicalness in terms of being much more um, in tune or using... Um, electronics and the airwaves and uh, 5G coming in, you know, and the idea of all these electronic signals around us of Wi-Fi, etc., is really loosening us up from our physical, uh, our physical actuality. And in that sense, um, and, and also so many of us are having much more of a spiritual experience and understanding as much as the, the movement in the mainstream is going towards the physical and material. Some of us are going back towards spiritual ideas and having much more of a, um, a connection to spirit and more psychicness. You know, the veil is getting thinner. It really is. That's not just uh, an idea. We, you know, we are moving out of density into a much more ethereal and lighter um um, era, should we say, and and this is in 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 this is in line with the Aquarian idea that we are moving into a much more Aquarius, ethereal, and kind of not too earthly. We're moving away from this earth physical idea. So um, this Aquarian new moon really helps us with that and pushes us forward along this Aquarian trajectory. 
And of course, this trajectory is not just for nothing. It's when we then become part of that angelic realm. And that's not going to happen until the Vulcan stage, which is two stages on. So we've got to get through the Russo-Slavic stage, which starts in 3574. And that's when uh, the incarnation of Araman is supposed to happen. Araman, so we've had Lucifer at the beginning, we've had Christ in the middle and Araman, Lucifer being the person that makes us feel like our soul uh, is up for grabs. You know, he fell um, in, you know, he's he's Lucifer, the being of light and and and. and and away from the angelic realm, but allowing us or making humanity believe that they they did wrong, that they would uh, be chastised or they'd lose their soul. And whereas we go to Araman, who is making humanity believe that they have no soul and we are just biology and it is just matter and science. And after you die, there is nothing. The length and the length of eternity of nothingness. So Araman, he's supposed to um, incarnate in that period until we get to the, um, the, 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 the last root race of the last cultural epoch of this root race, um, this fifth roof race of Earth's incarnation. And we get to the American um, cultural epoch. And that is when the war of all happens, which is told about in the book of Revelations, although you might think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Anyway, this stage is 5,734 to 7,894. And that's a completion of this earth race, this earth era. And also that gives us the time to move on up into the angelic realms of Aquarius. Um, Who's coming with me? So this new moon is a real taster for Aquarian, the Aquarian shift that is going to be happening now in the next 200 years. And um, which does bring us, you know, when you read books about from the Pleiadians, they talk about the Aquarian uh, shift happening in, I think it's 2163. So that will bring us to that time. Um, but this new moon here is just like um, a a taster, a, a flavor. Now, um, this, this new moon at one degree Aquarius, the moon and the sun, well, the sun is about to, if not today, uh, to um, conjunct with Pluto tomorrow or, or yesterday, what it would happen on Wednesday that week, uh, the uh, 18th. The sun conjuncts Pluto and then moves into Aquarius and uh, we have Aquarius season. And then straight after the moon conjuncts Pluto and then moves into Aquarius. So both of these luminaries have met up with Pluto before they create this new moon. And I think that meeting with Pluto is so important. It's always important, what, especially what the moon has just gone past. Um, you know, it's the moon that picks up the flavor then really to become this new moon, the flavor of Pluto. We're understanding here this is a massive evolution of our souls, of humanity. Um, and this new moon is going to, uh, one degree, is going to make a, a wide a trine to the north node and the north node is um in in taurus still in taurus for a while um and it's at nine degrees so you know we're using a 10 degree orbit it really just is in for that um idea that the north node the destiny point is going yep i see you 
This is the North Node in Taurus representing Earth. Yep, this is a portal for Earth to walk through, to go through. Um, so wide open doorway, wide open portal here for the future. And then also on this new moon, Venus, lovely Venus, is going to be conjunct Saturn in in Aquarius herself. So they're at 23 and 24 degrees. So they're just um, with not at the same degree point, but they are, they are conjunct very closely. And I think when Venus meets up with Saturn, you know, we, you know, you can either say Saturn is going to make the Venusian love thing really kind of, um, you know, restricted or not happening, but it also brings, you know, solid, uh, I can't speak. It also brings um, a confirmation that it's the right thing to do and a, um, a solidarity and a stability to Venusian charms and Venusian um um, beauty and all the sort of more ethereal aspects of Venus and and the capriciousness. So with the Saturn there, they make a good combination. And because they're together in Aquarius on this Aquarian full moon, it really is going. Yes, these are good ways to go. This is this is good. We are safe. We're we're steadying the ship of what how we really want to where we really want to go. And also, you know, again, I may have said this before, you know, when a Venus and a Venus conjuncts with Saturn, it's like, what do we, in Aquarius, what do we really want? You know, put your wishes out there. This is um, law of attraction, Venus and Saturn. What do you desire? What do you really, what are you longing for? What can you imagine with all your heart energy? And then Saturn coming along going, okay, we'll let you work towards that then. And in Aquarius, Anything is possible. So, yeah, this is a really good new moon for anyone's future ideas and hopes. And Venus, the North Node and Saturn are all bringing it together. Now, also, let's not forget that Uranus is is the ruler of Aquarius. Now, Uranus is the planet of enlightenment. And obviously he takes um some shocking tactics to bring about that enlightenment. But there you are. Obviously, he's the ruler of Aquarius and he's he's the surprise uh, element in this, the, the curveball and the jolt of light lightning that kind of wakes us up and goes, oh, my God. So here we go. And Uranus, of course, as well, is the higher echelons, the higher octave of Mercury, where we communicate with each other in this earthly realm. Uranus is like the, the idea that we're not even communicating. We just know. Anyway, new moon 21st, Uranus turns direct on the 22nd, the very next day. Within 24 hours, Uranus is turning direct. And you know what happens on these days when the planets change direction. It's kind of like a kerfuffle and an opening and a whoa really strange things may happen um but they really are pushing us forward into the next phase and um as uranus turns direct uh he then brings about this all planets in direct motion and apdm and that means that all the planets are going forward for the next three months i mean that that's like crazy weird like whoosh they're all going forward no looking back no reconsideration, no second thoughts, no let's check the list first, no clipboard Nazis. We are going forward. So Uranus is going to be the flavor 
of the whole APDM, this three-month period of moving forward. And, and that goes right to April the 16th. So Uranus going forward straight through the March where all the planets sit on that nought degree Aquarius sign. So you can see how that this new moon is so important, connecting to what's happening in March and the APDM and the flow of energy that's taking us forward into this next era. Now, I may have said before, you know, this is the fast track APDM. Um, and it is an evolution for humanity since it's Uranus is, is at the head of this. It's like warp speed ahead. But this does mean things do go unchecked and things that we don't want to go straight on, go straight on to happen and things that we do want. So this is really the time. Be careful what you wish for, because the gods are listening. They're, they're totally listening. Be careful what you think of, be careful what you wish for, because it's like manifestation dreams. We it's going to happen. Ping. It's it's going to happen like in a Disney cartoon movie no checks. So this um, APDM ends on April the 16th and it ends with Mercury going retrograde. And of course, you know, Uranus is the higher octave of communication and ideas and thinking or non-physical thinking. And Mercury is the lower octave. It's the thinking and the communication that we have here on Earth. And so all this kind of earthly mankind. So I feel like this is a huge learning curve for us as Uranus starts it off and brings in all these Aquarian new and crazy ideas that when Mercury kind of turns, um, goes, goes retrograde on the 16th of April, it's like Mercury is going to embody that and go right. It's like Mercury understands it. Humanity is saying, yeah, we've got it now. We've understood it. Mercury is 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 like the tick box for all that's happening in the previous three, four months. So, um, yeah. So this isn't just any old new moon in Aquarius. This is like a signpost for us to move forward into the future. And uh, this is the big thrust. So I'm going to leave you with those thoughts and please let me know how it goes for you. And thank you for listening.